2: Hello friends, welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. I'm Sequoia Kennedy.
1: And I'm Willow Truman.
2: And may I just say...
3: That's
2: right. (laughs) Today we're continuing our series on Ekonkar.
1: Ekonkar. Quite
2: possibly the silliest of all American new religions.
1: I, yeah. Yeah.
2: In a lot of ways, it's fucking
1: silly. It's really silly. It's... (laughs) I kind of like it. Like, there's just aspects of it that are so ridiculous that it makes me be like, "Yeah. it can't be too bad. But then you, like... When you sort of see something out of the corner of your eye that's a little scary, and then you look and there's nothing there, but you're like, mm, But you keep I'm seeing
2: suspicious. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's like, Car. Yeah. That's, <laughs>
1: it, yeah. So there's just like something that's a little bit like, uh, <laughs> hmm.
2: So in on, on part one, we learned uh, about the life of Paul Twitchell, the founder of Car. We learned about the power of dreams and the sound of hue. 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 And uh yeah, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Right. <laughs> um and uh we learned about how uh Paul Twitchell died and then a man named Darwin Gross, who just happened to be having sex with his wife.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, so you know how Paul Twitchell's spiritual name was Pedar Zask. Yeah. Well, Darwin also has a spiritual name. What's that? Dop Ren.
2: Chunga bachinga.
1: Banga banga. Oh, my banga. God. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Right.
2: Uh, Deh. And Deh. so Darwin Gross. Darwin, that name, too. What the hell, guys? Darwin what Gross. the hell?
1: He had only been with Ekincar for three years, too. But it's also like Ekincar was only six years old at this point. Right. So there is no way for anyone to be like an elder. Right. Ekenkar. And it's all other than maybe Gail. and you know what? <laughs> like Gail did have the upper hand in the decision of um, who came next. Gail, of course, who uh, literally Paul, came next.
2: Paul Twitchell's uh, wife. He was. He was fucking gross.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's
1: not very nice to say. I, from I, Gail. I, I, <laughs> She's a beautiful woman. I'm
2: sure she was. <laughs> I'm sure she was. Uh, so right. the year is
1: 1971. Yep.
2: Darwin Gross is our second living Eck Master. Yes. Take it and away.
1: And the, the rod of Ek Power is bestowed upon him on October 22nd, 1971. Of course. That is the Eck New Year, aka Paul Twitchell's birthday.
2: First day of Libra. Mm-hmm. First day of Scorpio. Yeah.
1: First day of Scorpio.
2: Yeah. Last day of last, last
1: day of Libra. So, like I said in the last episode. Paul Twitchell had said there was supposed to be this mystery child in training to be the next Mahanta, the next living Eckmaster. But since Twitchell croaked before that could happen, I guess it was just never brought up again, swept under the rug. Who this child was, we will never know. Um <laughs> it's like, okay, I guess we're just pretending that didn't happen.
2: Uh how how old is gross? I don't know. Mm.
1: I don't know. Actually, let me... He's see. kind of old. We do not have a birthday for him, but he was born in the year 1928, so he's like 20 years younger than Paul Twitchell was. Okay. Ooh, get it, Gail?
2: Yeah. She's
1: a fucking cougar. It Unless she was also... Sense.
2: You know, late 40s.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Gail... Reveals that, of course, uh, the, the last living Eckmaster, Paul Twitchell, came to her in a dream. because
2: Her dead husband.
1: Yes. How else would he come to her other than in a dream?
2: Right. He's dead.
1: And that's how she comes to know that Darwin is the new Mahanta. Like, yeah, okay, I'm not buying it. It hardly even needs to be said that I'm not right. buying it. Yeah, of course.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, we know. We know. <laughs>
1: And in fact, fe- like,
2: <sighs> this is the oldest trick in the book. I know. Like, I say it a lot, but this is the one.
1: Mm. So they get married a year after in, in 1972. And his involvement as the the new living Eckmaster is actually really good for Eck and Kar. The membership goes up. He's like, he just knows how to run this shit.
2: Because yeah, Paul Twitch was a fucking moron. <laughs>
1: He's a Honestly, weird, yeah. squirrely fucking yeah. weirdo. And so Darwin's also this accomplished jazz musician. He plays the vibraphone.
2: That's pretty cool.
1: What is a vibraphone?
2: Vibraphone is the, well, it looks like a xylophone. It's the, It looks like the, the two road xylophone and it has the big pipes coming down. Uh, oh, big, Like steel okay. pipe. It's super hard to play, really hard to set up. Hmm uh beautiful it's a fucking it's one of the coolest instruments sometimes they play with like the four mallets yeah yeah
1: well he specialized in playing the vibraphone hell yeah and Res- um respect right he would get a bunch of experienced jazz musicians and make up these bands and then perform at seminars he had difficulty articulating his ideas in you know verbally yeah but he was very communicative with music, which is good because they're all about sound currents and music. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, I,
2: of course, because I liked him uh, exponentially more once I found out he played the vibes.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool, you know? right? Yeah. We can actually... I included a link to some of his music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darji.
2: Oh, oh, I hate him again.
1: Darji's Groove.
2: Darji's Groove. Some oh, of these song wow.
1: titles by the way are good. Hue of Blue.
2: Oh, that's probably what he looks like. Blues
1: of wow. the Masters.
2: No, oh, that's gold. That's solid gold.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: It's funky stuff. All right.
2: Yeah, I'd listen to this in a restaurant. Right. Oh no, that there he is. There he is. That's Darji.
1: Darji. Eh,
2: the piano was fancier. That's actually not a.
1: That boop, kind
2: of boop, sucks, boop, actually. I hate that melody.
1: Yeah, this music isn't my favorite. No. I will say that this track gets better. The music is like so so. They have. There's better music. It's kind of. car music.
2: It's generic ass jazz.
1: Yeah, it's not blowing me away. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: That's why I had to fuck Twitchell's wife and steal his gold.
1: Right? Well, their marriage actually didn't last long. No. It dissolved five years later due to his infidelity. What do you know? And after yeah. that, he began a series of sexual affairs with other members' wives. Start fucking everyone's wives. So life. instead of cheating on your own wife, you can.
2: I'll fuck every last wife in here.
1: Literally, though, that was his. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. <laughs> and god bless him fucking gross that's, man that's as right as a last man with the a, na- a man with the last name gross, his name's Darwin gross. <laughs> what do you expect from him like honestly <laughs> would you read the next paragraph
2: I'm sure in 1981 karma caught up with him and Gross had to step down from the position of living living master due to health problems, and the torch or rod, rather, was given to Shri Harold Klemp of Wisconsin.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fucking Klemp! This rod was unfortunately covered in
0: <laughs> you
2: fucker, you fucker. <laughs> this the rod was unfortunately covered in the juices of all the Eckenkar wives. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh,
2: despite stepping down as Mahanta, Gross maintained control over management and responsibilities until 1983, when he was accused of misallocating millions of dollars in funds, claims that would end up unsubstantiated. So... You fucking bastard.
1: As such, in like, <laughs> a takeover by. coup by the board of trustees, Gross is ousted entirely. So... Klempp takes on full authority as the only voting member of Car from this point on.
2: Clump just seizes. He clamps down on him. Yeah,
1: he does. He fucking does. He says, this is mine now. I'm taking this. And then what does he do with it? He just drives it into the ground like it's hardly anything. I mean, they have a, like thousands of members. But what are you doing? Really, guys? What are, you doing? Uh, what are they doing? That'll be a point of discussion. He's, he's clamping down. Clamp
0: down. <laughs>
1: this is so funny if you know what he looks like. He's like a fucking old man. They're totally, I feel like they're gonna listen to this. Uh, I hope, I hope that they make one of their like fifth initiates fucking listen to this podcast. Oh, dude,
2: <laughs> we're, we're in more dossiers than we have subscribers.
1: <laughs> like, hello, hello, Ekankar, peace to you, blessings to you. That's this, fair
2: use, by the way. Don't even try it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we'll notice that Darwin Gross isn't anywhere on the Ekankar website. They don't outwardly deny his involvement, but they don't promote it or make it really known.
2: Either. Oh, they scrubbed his out. Well, they didn't scrub him. They
1: They just they don't include him on the website as one of the living masters.
2: Wow. Well, he you fucked know. too many wives.
1: Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Like- so So in 1983, Gross decides to create his own organization, right? He's like, I'm going to carry on the true teachings of Paul Twitchell. Right. This Klemp guy is doing his own fucking thing. I'm going to... So he establishes Atom, the ancient teaching of the masters, A-T-O-M. Atom. Yes.
2: Science fiction is fucking dangerous.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So he has... Atom, and he continues releasing his jazz tapes until he passes away in 2008, and he's still considered an ancient master by his students and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So he makes his own little name for himself in the, uh, (laughs) in our cork board of masters.
2: I don't know if he, I don't know if he needs a place.
1: Yeah. He has like a a little tiny, little tiny place. He has a footnote. Mm. So Clemp steps in, right? And Clemp's spiritual name. I'm just reminding you, Gross Gross's spiritual name was Dopren. We have paid our Zask. And now we have Wazzy.
2: Wazzy. Wazzy.
1: And he is the current living Ekmaster. Dun, dun, dun. And it's so weird. I thought the Eckmaster was supposed to be chosen by the Sugmad, by God, by the, you know, yeah. entire life force. But he's he is chosen by the board of trustees. So what's going on here?
2: Isn't he the only voting member?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> like, he,
2: <laughs>
1: <sighs> so he's born in Wisconsin on a remote farm. As a young man, he leaves and he finds work as a proofreader in Milwaukee. And then in 1970, he has a complete mental breakdown where he walks onto the streets one midwinter night. He finds himself on a bridge and jumps off of it, believing that he has to prove to God that he's prepared to commit suicide.
2: I'm picturing like a little Winnie the Pooh bridge over a nice swimming hole or something. Yeah.
1: So he lands in the water and he's alive. He's, you know. Or just went swimming. Yeah. Um, I guess he had hypothermia and was hospitalized after this but he's like okay i i don't know he's physically okay <laughs>
2: gets cold sometimes
1: yeah but i guess he did he proved to god that he was prepared to do it but god wasn't satisfied
2: i'm i'm not satisfied either
1: god wasn't satisfied because later that year klemp strips naked in an airport
2: <laughs> really yeah We've been listening to clump for all last time. That guy was naked in an airport.
1: <laughs> right? This paints a whole new picture of him. That's a whole new clump. <laughs> yeah. So this results in him getting arrested for public indecency. He gets detained in the county jail. And then he's sentenced to psychiatric detention in the Milwaukee County Hospital where he battles three astral demons, apparently. And this makes me like him so much more. Yeah,
2: that's right. That's just, <laughs> naked airport, airports when he got the of fucking power,
1: right? Like
2: he was like King Arthur drawing yeah. Excalibur no, from the stone. He,
1: he was very—he's <laughs> so just naked the, at airport, this dick in his hand. The Rosicrucians. He's very into Edgar Casey. He's like into studying all of this shit. Like I love it. Is he so? <laughs> you wouldn't think of it of him. He's just in the air, <laughs> for the clamp down, clamp down, like shaking his dick <laughs> at people. <laughs> helicopter and all little orange glasses, <sighs> like wow, yeah. Okay, okay, right. Oh my god,
2: <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs>
1: So this is the man that asserts control over Econcar. This is
2: the current living Eckmaster.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the 80s, Klemp decides to move Econcar to Minnesota. It had been in California, but he wants to move it back home. And he chooses Minnesota because it's similar to Wisconsin, you know?
2: Yeah. Why do all these master's religions, they start in California... They get the people, and then they go to the Midwest
1: because it's safe there. It's safe. Yeah, you're not gonna get.
2: You can just. No one's gonna question your shit. That you just dress right. You You can buy
1: your 197 acres and be just fine.
2: Yeah, actually, that's a very good point.
1: Yeah, they do, and they do. They have this like giant temple, the Temple of Ek.
2: (sighs) What's
3: it look like?
1: It has this big, like, ziggurat God roof, it. and it's very sort of like Babylonian ish. Oh,
2: texture. they went for it, huh?
1: Oh, they go for it, yeah. So, this is the clean start for Ekankar, okay? We have a new leader, new start. And as with any the clean, clean start, start our old
2: dick and hands, cleft, too. Yeah.
1: As with any clean start, he's gonna need a clean new wife. Yeah. And why not his young blonde secretary, Joan? So he dumps his old wife, as you do. As <laughs> you do. <laughs> He's got Joan. He raises $10 million. He builds this bizarre temple in Minnesota.
2: Yo, Clemp learned something in that airport.
1: <laughs> and so Eck gets this makeover. How does he do all this?
2: I don't know. It's honestly impressive.
1: It doesn't really like work out that well, though, because yeah. it's
2: right know, now it's working out good
1: after for after Gross leaves. Honestly, Gross was very popular with the followers after he left and got ousted, like half the members left, too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's the thing. So this is the point where Ekenkar's tagline is changed to religion of the light and sound of God. So she's sort of leaning into more Christian-y type themes, more...
2: Yeah, well, moving to Minnesota. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And another interesting character trait about Harold Klemp is that this man loves cats. Yeah, he does. He has a YouTube channel. There's the Ekenkar YouTube channel, and then there's the Sri Harold Klemp official YouTube channel.
2: Sri, of course, is like a title he gave himself. Sri. S-R-I.
1: Harji. He had Paul G, Darji. Now we have Harji.
2: some Buddhist shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This man really likes cats. This is the thing about Ekenkar, too. They promote... Also, the idea of telepathic communication with your pets, communication with animals, which, like, that's cool, I guess. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm into it. So he has seven different videos on his channel to the point where in one video I, like, clicked on it and it started with him saying, Oh, well, here's another cat story. <laughs> <laughs> so would you like to hear a, a short cat story? Yes. Club. Good. Yeah. I have yeah. one. I have one lined up.
0: Now, as Debbie Cat lay dying, she whispered to it, "It's okay to let go. When you do, you'll feel like a kitten again." Then from her tiny cat body sprang a 400 pound tiger and what? jumped clean over Debbie's head, landed on the other side, and then Debbie understood something. That little cat had been bossing the family around uh. for the whole life. They'd been thinking she was just a little cat. <laughs> she was thinking she was a tiger. <laughs> and that's how she ran her life. And so when the time came she left, there she was back in something more familiar, a skin she she understood. And when a four hundred pound tiger wants something done one way, you do it. <laughs> His lips are so blue. And the t- He's dead. Yeah. Tiger wants food. You know, let's hear that can popping. Well, Jeanette heard the story. She liked it. But then Debbie said to her, When we leave our sick old bodies at death, we go back to who we really are. Eternal, brilliant. Happy
1: souls. Okay.
2: From dick out in an airport to... To so talking about cats. Telling cat stories.
1: To a Honestly, laughing crowd. Uh, Okay. He thinks he's really funny. There's so many videos... Like where he's telling what are hardly jokes and the crowd is just cracking up. He even has a video where he talks about the use of humor and spirituality as if
0: he's as, like, if
2: he's
1: as if he's a comedian giving people like advice about humor, please. Fucking. Yeah. Uh, so Debbie's cat was a tiger.
2: Yeah, it's just a it's just a story about a, a shitty cat. Was bossing you around all the time. Yeah. I'll take that shit from a cat.
1: <sighs> so now that we've met the last three Eckmasters, I just want to say... Yeah, go lived, ahead. If
2: I had lived Clem's life, I'd have a chip on my shoulder, too. Yeah. He has to believe in his in the power of you. Uh-huh. He has to believe in all this shit. He, he's come so far.
1: <laughs> it sounds like he's gone through some shit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know what... He does have he does have a biography of a modern prophet even though he never makes any prophecies how can you call yourself a prophet but not make any like predictions
2: Uh I think I don't think a prophet has to make predictions
1: Yeah or prophecies I don't they know prophesies. if they necessarily
2: have to they have to Yeah they have to bring the I word of God not. right
1: Mhm But these are stories that he includes in his own books like The airport? Yeah He's not shy about this well, stuff. Well, because he
2: knows where he got his magic powers. That's that was his kundalini awakening. Yeah, right. So he lost his mind and battled Wait, three demons a, with his dick. This isn't
1: evidence against him. In fact, this is evidence in his favor.
2: I'm terrified of this wizard's power.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. We don't know what Klemp is capable of. He appears, barely appears in people's dreams and shit. Yeah, right. This man has power. My God.
2: All right, so we've met the three living act masters.
1: We have. And now we have to introduce our listeners to some of the other ones. Of course, you may have already met them in your dreams or maybe even in real life, because any of these 900 plus masters could appear to you on the inner planes or maybe in the physical world, maybe in disguise, usually in disguise.
2: So they're just anybody.
1: Yeah. In fact, okay. I think this is brilliant. At one Ekencar seminar in Florida, there was a panhandler who sat right outside the hotel where the seminar was being held. So all of the Eckists kept like smiling at him and chatting with him and giving him money. And people were like, who knows that could be Rebizar Tars. Like that could be an Eckmaster. You never know. And like, good. If that's what convinces you to give, then Fuck yeah. Yeah. Do it up. Yeah, yeah. There was another story about this woman, Jane, who was an initiate of Car, who thinks that she saw an Eckmaster out in the world. Her and her sister had been fighting, and Jane was really mad at her. And the next day, she was at McDonald's with her son. And as soon as she stepped into that McDonald's, she had been in an okay mood all day, but as soon as she stepped in there, she was like, Oh, there's evil energy. <laughs> there's, some, there's some dark energy in this McDonald's. She's not wrong. Yeah. So they get in line, and there's a man, like, sort of straddling in between the two lines that there are. Jane is kind of pissed off and says to him, Excuse me, are you here or there? Like, which line are you in? Yeah. And this guy turns to her and goes... My child, I am everywhere. So so Jane thinks, oh great, please don't send me an Eckmaster in disguise now. And she goes, Thank you. I'm not myself today. Which is this whole this interaction is, so is really weird.
2: This is out of a David Lynch movie.
1: Like just think about this interaction excuse me are you here or there my child I am everywhere
2: I mean that's some shit I would do I'm
1: not myself today thank you like what so then this guy continues the Eckmaster in disguise this guy in front of her at McDonald's says I love you and respect you God loves you
2: just some fucking hippie
1: Oh, my God. This
2: is a hippie dripping balls trying to get a burger.
1: So then Jane goes in her purse to look for a Hugh card to give this guy the card as if an Eckmaster would need one. Um, But by the time she finds the card, she looks up and the guy's gone. (laughs) That was totally an Eckmaster in disguise. Stoned hippie
2: trying to get a snack.
1: Yeah, where he go? He's just saying he got some. His oh order. my, no! Because
2: seriously, he's just some hippie saying some fucking hippie shit. But she's from fucking middle America. Right. Her exposure to the hippie shit comes in the form of fucking Klemp and his cats and his stupid <laughs> ziggurat in goddamn Minnesota. I and love so you. She God has loves no you. conception of of the hippie. So she's some hippie says some fucking hippie shit, and she's like, Yeah. He must be an Eckmaster, right? Just some stinky fuck on his way from show to show.
1: So one of the the main Eckmaster. Yeah. Rebezartars. Rebezartars. Reb He's the 500 year old bearded Tibetan monk. Yep. He's famous for his maroon robe that he wears. Ah. He carries a a big walking staff in his right hand. Okay. And he speaks with a musical voice. <laughs> I just I'm a play the clip. <laughs> Ching
2: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Reb Zartars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Reb He's this 500-year-old monk. He wears a maroon robe. And I imagine he's described as a Tibetan master, probably, to take advantage of the mysterious qualities associated with these Tibetan yeah, you... Buddhist teachers that, you know, we've heard of them before. We got, yeah. we got HPB Helena Blavatsky's Master Moira.
2: Blavatsky's just Moria, and then ba- Alice...
1: Alice Bailey had Dwaj Cool. Yeah, yeah. And these were, like, Tibetan guys. Yeah, man, there's, there's a fasc,
2: There is a fascination... There has been a fascination with fucking white people with fucking Tibetan masters, Tibetan Buddhist masters for fucking... Ever since we heard of them.
1: Yeah. Yep. And interestingly, Tar's teachings... Pretty much have nothing to do with Tibetan Buddhism either, but they're, they have a lot more to do with like the Sant Ma tradition, which is a spiritual movement from India, hmm. meaning the teaching of saints, aka Hindu saints. So, following a saint or a guru basically again the idea of you're following someone who has a direct line to god or divinity that you do not possess i mean
2: so this is like so i'm feeling like people saying like oh well there's clear similarities to saint ma tradition because there's even clearer similarities to the ascended master tradition yeah but that's but that's interesting because that Mm -hmm. like I, I'm just, I'm just wondering if like they, uh, it the people... definitely
1: ties to it somewhere.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, definitely. But I it's another one again, where I'm wondering if like people are just not seeing the ascended master religions. Yeah. You know what I mean? In their analysis right. and
1: shit. Even though the master aspect is right there. Right. Literally right there. Right there. The people just aren't, it hasn't been fully S- strange. Yeah. So the name Rebazar, it appears to be derived from the North Indian Hindu name Raja Bazari or Rai Bazar, which means king of the marketplace. Interesting. Yeah. We're a nonsense Bazaar. Yeah. We're a nonsense of the marketplace. Um, Or there's also a sign on the Baja Highway that says Rebazar on it, (laughs) which is like (gasps) thought to be a root that, you know, <gasps> Paul Twitchell probably drove. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Rabazar is... He's one of the... One of the Eckmasters. Of course, there's countless ones. Let's name some, name some. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> these fucking names. Fubi Quants. <laughs> Fuck off. Of course, we got Gopal dos Gopal dos this, like, Scandinavian white man yeah. who apparently... <laughs> Founded the Egyptian cult of Isis and Osiris and wrote the book of the dead. The Egyptian book of the dead. He looks like he belongs on the front of like a a romance novel.
2: Yeah, a supermarket romance novel, like literally. And
1: yet he's from ancient Egypt?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. We have Rami Nuri.
2: It's fucking Mace Windu here too. How about Qui-Gon Jinn? Lysi. Jesus Christ.
1: Lysi. He's the Chinese Eckmaster, okay. And then, even though there can be no female Eckmasters, there's they included Kata Daki, maybe just for like inclusion's sake. Maybe Harold klemp was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll give him a <laughs> female Eckmaster. Shut him the fuck up.
2: We we gotta we gotta put a woman in there.
1: Yeah, her true age is beyond belief but she appears to be in her mid 20s she's like kind of sexy sexy yeah. she has um like dark brown eyes she has blonde hair that's slicked back and she has sort like this red high collar i don't know i'm like what is her vibe we don't really know that much about her it doesn't really say anything uh, about her other than she's a woman and she looks young even though she's old i'm going to call her, i'm going to
2: call her first prize at the barn dance
1: yeah Oh, my god <laughs> Then we have Toart Managi, followed by Yabul Sakabi. The names, I like, truly.
2: They're the worst names I have ever heard in my entire life. You're
1: fucking dumb, I gotta say. Yeah. Come on, come in.
2: Fucking try, like, the Theosophical uh, god, Sanat Kumara. Even just those sounds are just. Better. Mm -hmm. They flow better.
1: And they do, like, Paul Twitchell did take directly from Theosophy the root races. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He completely bought into that and included that in his teachings. Yeah. Because, of course, he would take, like, the worst aspect.
2: Oh, and probably (laughs) not the original, like, Blavatsky concept (laughs) of the root races, but the corrupted uh, Ariosophy concept, right?
1: Who knows? Yeah.
2: Because, I mean, when you make an Egyptian blue eyed. Blonde haired, strong jawed and butt chinned.
1: That's a choice.
2: I'm a guess. There's a bit of the old fashy fashion.
1: Right. Although the Tawar Managi is black.
2: Is he we black? Have, yeah, he we have black? other races okay. in here. Okay, okay.
1: We have, you know, see we have a Chinese Ekmaster. Alright. Oh, yeah. So
2: it's not it's just, it's just a weird thing to do to an Egyptian.
1: It's so fucking weird. gobel Das, like, he presents so many questions. He's Gobaldas Egyptian. Makes no sense. He's Egyptian. Looks Scandinavian and has a Hindu name. Like, what's going on here?
0: <sighs>
1: so there's a way that the Eckmasters can talk to you. Yeah. Yes, this technique is called golden tongued wisdom. And this is when you find spiritual guidance through maybe an overheard conversation or something on the radio or the lyrics of a song that you're
2: Oh listening to. no.
1: You know, a line just leaps out and inspires you. That's the master talking to you. Oh and what a great oh, no. way to mind fuck people. Be like, are you are you listening to something and it and it resonates with you? <laughs> Again, so <laughs> that's Here, the master
2: right here's the thing that's true in a way like that's valid I
1: it's live probably a- not foobie quants talking to you but it's something right. it's your higher self perhaps if you want to give it that name d- give, it what, d- give it whatever name whatever. you want
2: just it's not a dude yeah like that idea in particular
1: it's Harold Klemp
2: get his tongue out of my ear <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I bet his tongue is so dry
2: he it's, a like a, it's like a cat's leg. tongue.
1: Yeah. Ugh. Oh my God. It's like scratchy. <laughs> That's how he washes himself.
2: I can oh see it very clearly. <laughs> I can easily. see it
1: too. He lifts his little leg in the air. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Wow. Well. Speaking of which, let's have a little musical interlude.
2: Catman, why?
1: Catman, no.
3: When you love the air, you know, you know,
0: you can't hold.
1: Oh, boy.
2: Little pitchy on that.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm, yeah, baby. Uh huh. Let's get into it
0: kind of love. Oh my God. Wow. Your hand. wow. If someone I, when <laughs> I'm a love-in-neck. I'm a I'm, a I'm, a I'm, a I'm, a I'm a And open oh, for a
3: soul in me Help him if you can I'm the love
0: in it I'm the share in it It's the kind of love that makes you so this
2: old lady on the hand drums Kind of
0: love Yeah sing out loud I'm the love in it I'm the share in it I'm the love in it I'm the share in it You can serve a meal
3: with love You can dance or sing
1: Wow uh, Yeah that's you know, enough that's a fucking enough of that. I'm gonna say they're trying to groove. They're trying. They're like not hitting it though. They're almost there. They're almost there. If they just fucked fucked
2: off with the eck, they'd probably get there.
1: Yeah. You know? Okay.
2: The ek is inhibiting their groove.
1: Honestly.
0: <laughs>
1: like.
2: Yeah. X sounds like a a sticky glue that holds you, that ho- that holds you yeah. in place and binds you down and stops yeah. you from really feeling the 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 true unnamable unnamable name.
1: Yeah, which makes you. We grew. don't know the name for it. There isn't a name for it. It's beyond language, in my opinion. You can call it whatever you want.
2: You can feel it however you want.
1: Yeah. I'm a loving neck. <laughs> I'm a shame. If you do it that way, I'm just going to tell you, I think it's a little lame. Yeah. You can yeah. do it if this is what makes you feel love and joy.
2: Man, I'm just saying, compared to like a lot of this shit, at least they're trying.
1: Yeah.
2: They're feeling it. The,
1: yeah. They, they're they feeling it. They All right.
2: I uh, These people, I'm looking at them.
1: The ones in the band,
2: yeah. Now, some of them to the do with tattoos. I, I don't know if I believe he's an ekist. He might have been hired for the gig. Yeah. But that singer like, there's there's the, the woman playing the one playing the hand drums. The oh, old lady they playing the hand it. drums. Love it. She wouldn't have ever grooved in her life, even a modest bit. Yeah. If it if wasn't it for wasn't the for ek. this. Yeah.
1: So there's this guy, David Lane. He's gonna be our new character. David Lane. He's all right. stepping on the scene. He's not a loving eck. He's not a Act. He's not Act. No. Oh. So while he's in college, he becomes interested in the Radhaswami that we talked about last episode, which is a that branch of yoga founded in the 19th century.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: where he, you know, that
2: Twitchell was bopping around mm-hmm. in, and yeah.
1: Right, and he is officially initiated in India. By the late Maharaj Charhan Singh in 1978. So he's big into the Radha Swami stuff. He
2: does the work.
1: He does the work. Okay. He's into it. And while he's doing this, he starts noticing the similarities between Radha Swami and Ekinkar.
2: Which means Ekinkar must have been much more visible.
1: Mm. He decides to write a term paper comparing the two for an undergraduate religious studies class he's taking, right? Okay. And throughout his research, he discovers information that leads him to believe that Twitchell copied whole chapters from Wadaswami texts, as well as from other authors, such as Julian Johnson and Helena Blavatsky. And yeah. he also lied about biographical details of his lives. Yeah. He also misled people concerning the origin of Ekinkar's doctrines. And in just one of Paul Twitchell's books, The Far Country, Lane found more than 400 plagiarized paragraphs. So Lane is just like stepping on the scene to be like, hey, I'll blow your shit up.
2: (laughs) he's, He's out for blood, huh?
1: He's out for blood. I have a clip of him speaking on the Marie Vega show. In
0: 1984.
2: Okay. David, David Lane and Marie Vega. Yeah. Those names are so completely. characters? Completely opposite, like the Ekenkar names. Uh Uh-huh. Those are strong main character names. Mm Mm-hmm. David Lane is an incredibly strong main character name. (laughs) A little on the nose, but.
0: Right. Talking about books, I want to hold up the book that uh, you've written here. This is called The Making of a Spiritual Movement.
3: I have to admit it's caused quite a controversy. Yes. It's, it's been all over the world, and uh, in particular, I've been... My house was robbed.
0: Why the controversy? What do you do in this book that, that everybody's so upset about and they robbed your house?
3: I'll tell you quite frankly. Okay. The founder of this particular movement, what he tried to do was lie about his past.
0: Are you talking about a particular cult now?
3: Right. You well,
0: you've already written it. You might as well say who it is. Okay, You're the group about? is
3: called Eckankar, and it, it was founded in San Diego. and It's well known throughout the United States and throughout the world. The founder was Paul Twitchell, and what he tried to do was start a new religious group in '65, 1965. And what he tried to do is hide his past. And every book, almost every book, this person wrote was plagiarized from ancient—not uh, ancient texts. Texts that were written in France in 1938, and 39. In this area. I happen to have the books in my library. You take the book out the new 67 edition of Paul Twitchell's Far Country, and you take out a book, Path of the Masters by Julian Johnson in 1939, not a line has been changed.
0: Copied it, exactly.
3: Word for word. And the people in the group don't know this. And therefore, my only job was to give them that other side. And so the only reason I, in a sense, I'm considered uh, an expert on exposing cults, is not that I expose them, Mm -hmm. but that I'm interested in giving the other side. When people plagiarize, when they lie about their lives, and this whole thing about sex that's going on—it's very heavy. A lot of gurus have sex with the disciples, and all this kind of stuff. And my job, only my job, is to give them the other side.
0: So, how do you feel about this? They're—they're—they're they're, they're, uh, burglarizing your house, and they're doing things. They—they they obviously wanted some of your notes
3: or records. That's—it's incredible. It was midday. I was teaching at the university, and I come back, and the whole place is totally ransacked. I mean, bookshelves thrown over beds, upturned. Everything's gone. And only thing they took. Were my research files, every article I'd written, all my research—they t- <laughs> all oh, well. I Only mean, reason. what I mean is, they didn't take a TV, they didn't take a radio. Oh, I mean, they didn't take anything of material value. They just took all my research, and they left this very incriminating note. Said no more, <laughs>
0: and
3: oh. uh, obviously the message was they don't want me to write on these particular groups. What are you going to do? Still write.
0: Good for you. Just yep. keep on going. Oh, well, I'm real pleased with you, David, and I'm still
1: going. Yeah. Still freaking going. By the way. You know how we brought up Star Wars earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So.
2: How I've been constantly bringing there, up Star Wars. Yeah.
1: There is an article written by a foreman, a foreman, a former Ekinkar member Yeah. who says that when they went to see Star Wars, they were absolutely thrilled. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, dude, okay, there's, there's a
2: ton yeah, they were like, Ek oh my Carr. God,
1: it's the rod of power.
2: There's a ton of Car in, uh, in The Jedi's. I am, yeah, yeah. I am so, 100% so sure. they fucking George broke Lucas into this involved.
1: guy's house, huh? Like, now I
2: read one of the few articles I did read about this, or it was like, maybe it was like a, a Quarry answer or something. I might be wrong. I don't know if you saw this. Uh huh. But that David Lane later said that it was, I think Gross's group that did it like this
1: oh interesting yeah wow okay
2: yeah adam or whatever he called it like huh. i remember he said like they said like oh yeah and i think i should have like saved this but i think um uh fucking klemp i like, helped lane like in the investigation or something there was something like there was like cooperation on klemp's part
1: wow very interesting yeah because i also read and I believe you because I think that there's... I have no idea if that's like, true.
2: It's just I, it's something I mm-hmm. something someone said on the internet.
1: Yeah, right? So David Lane sends his first paper to Eckankar for some ungodly reason. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> they, of course, threaten to sue him if he publishes it. I would too. Yeah. And he's not threatened by that. And he decides to write a second paper a year later titled The Making of a Spiritual Movement, The Untold Story of Paul Twitchell and Eckankar," which you can read. This is available to read. Yeah, yeah. And through a process that Lane himself doesn't understand or know how it happened, this manuscript got photocopied and circulated around. So, interesting. Yeah. And uh, he's been kind of on this crusade for a long time. I gotta say, they're a weird one to crusade against. Right. So he brings up the reason for that. Like, Ekincar is kind of a weird thing to choose to dedicate yourself to go after, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in this article from 1995, which is about a foreman—I keep doing that f- foreman. What? That's like my mouth just wants to say it. A former Car member. She asks him, Ekins are such sweet people. You know, like and it's true, even as a former member who's maybe disillusioned with the group, you still maybe hold some reverence for it in your heart as a nice experience, perhaps. But you just outgrew it or whatever. I don't know. You still recognize that the people in it aren't really the the ones to go after. Right. You know, but also they deserve to be informed, don't they? So wow. she, she asked him, basically, "Eckers are very sweet people. Don't you feel kind of bad? And he says, you know, um, well, I leave people alone. I don't go into the centers and walk around and say, here, read my book. I just want to let people know that Twitchell was lying. Yeah, If, if you want to go and follow a group in which the founder lies to you. Whether it's about the spiritual masters on inner planes, his personal life, the sources of his information and his books, well fine, you can do that. But wouldn't you want to know that so that you can make the choice? Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, and also fucking uh they plagiarized some uh, a bunch of stuff that this dude really cares about. Right. Yeah, I mean he does have personal staking. That's all so, right, David. That's true. You hold down Karr. Mm-hmm. I'll take Saint Germain.
1: And <laughs> so then the interviewer pops back. Well, of course, there's contradictions and scandals in every religion. What about Christianity? I mean, I mean, come on. And so he says, Well, yeah, Christianity's fucked up more people in its history than Ekencar <laughs> ever has or will. Yes. You're right. Yeah. It would be wrong yeah. of me to say that Ekenkar is unique in its problems. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't think it ranks with the most dangerous of cults. Yeah. Of course not. It has its positive aspects too. It gives people a sense of community, a sense of focusing on the individual and their experiences of the divine. But the teachings weren't synthesized in a very well packaged or cohesive way. Yeah. It's kind of just like a hodgepodge of stuff. If- and it's telling you that you have to obey fucking Harold Klemp. Yeah, to, you know, listen to in order to like get that truth. When you like you really don't, you do not need him at all. Yeah.
2: And I and I I bet David Lane sees um, you know, he's got this uh like he's he he's got his Buddhist tradition or yogic tradition mm-hmm. that he sees as extremely valuable and extremely helpful. he sees this watered down, bastardized version of it. So I bet he's like, oh well, if this style of thing like resonates with you.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you should try the you should take the training wheels off yeah and like then you maybe you might get somewhere in your spiritual seeking or whatever the fuck right i don't know if his his shit's worth a damn i mean i'm seeing hints of stuff that in my own personal canon are like oh yeah like that's a that's a real that's a real idea whatever that means Mm -hmm. right it always comes down to like did did the people who worked on developing these ideas really care about devoting them themselves to these ideas for no benefit. Right. Right.
1: Well, at the very least David Lane's stuff did help inspire people within Eckankar to be like, "Oh wait, do I need to keep giving these people my money?" Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, I don't think I do actually. Hell yeah. Yeah.
2: You done good, David. Right? David Lane, strong name, strong man.
1: So, unfortunately, They killed him. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's fine. He's fine. David Lane's fine. But the revelations that his papers presented to people within Car, for some people, that's like a lot for them.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Especially if you've been in there a while.
2: It can break you a bit.
1: Totally. Yeah. So there's this one guy... Joe Sykes, who has a website, Freedom From Cult Abuse, where it's oh. all about his shit with Eckankar, And we're going to take a look at that because he he was inspired to leave, which is good. But Harold Klemp hasn't left him.
2: <laughs> wow, there's a lot.
1: Yeah, so there's a we'll go lot. to Whoa. Statement of Joe Sykes is the first one that we're gonna look at on Survivors. Wow, yeah. there's
2: so much here. Okay. A statement of Joe Sykes.
1: Yeah. So he was a Joe Sykes was a member of Ekencar from 1980 to 1993. He resigned following a threat to kill from another member whose name is Ebenezer Ejun. Egin- Egan Joby? Egan Joby. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And a series of violent and disorienting mind control attacks emanating from the leader, Harold Klem. What? Yeah. Right? What? Yeah. What's... So what's so... You know, and normally I would dismiss people's claims of I'm getting mind-controlled attacks.
2: I, I dismiss people's claims of Ebenezer Egan Joby?
1: <laughs> yeah, but in this case, like, the whole the whole shtick is to get into people's minds and subconsciouses and to let them know that Harold Klemp, the living master, is there at all times watching you and...
2: Also, the whole shtick is practical teaching in... Magical techniques that are widely agreed upon yes. by various schools to be effective through I methods won't... that are widely agreed yeah. upon.
1: I agree. I won't say that there's no basis for the teachings. Some of the teachings of Eckankar,
2: uh, it's mm, it's it's nerf guns. Yeah, well, like airsoft shit. It's not like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Right, like I think it's so cruel to teach people how to lucid dream and then be like, yeah, then come
2: come hang out with Harold Klemp. Yeah, dude. Like, no, actually, that's fucked up.
1: Once you get this ability, go do anything. Go do anything you want. You don't have to go hang out with Yabal Sakabi and Harold Klemp and And get a lecture on cats.
2: You can learn shit from dreams, even if. You take a purely psychological, right, rational materialist point of view. I mean, uh,
1: keeping a dream journal anyway is a cool idea.
2: And yeah, absolutely. And any—I mean, anytime there's a master, anytime there's a, anytime you're not allowed to figure out your own model, right? For shit, like there's a big fucking problem. So, Fuck Klem and his cats.
1: <laughs> so Joseph Sykes he joins in 1980. All right. right? And um. He's basically a public speaker and organizer for for the group. Um, and he also is like a full-time volunteer, basically. So he's giving Gives his everything. time for free yeah. without getting anything in return, really, except for, you know, I guess he gets salvation. Full, um, he's
2: gone full cult. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Harold, Mr. Klemp, starts to tell him, you're going to be the next leader of the of the group, but apparently he tells this to a lot of people. Everyone's because, the next, Mahanta. Because this is a, a way to keep people controlled and on the on the hook, right? As you say, yeah, you're my you're my best guy. You know, I think you could you'd be a really good. Again, though, it's so lazy. It's so lazy, yeah.
2: Because, like you think about like other techniques, like gifting, like oh, you were so and so in a past life. When two cult members have a conversation. And they're like, oh, you know, I was told that I'm the reincarnation of fucking uh, King Brian of Ireland. And the other one, oh, that's so cool. I was told I'm the reincarnation of fucking, mm. I don't know, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Some, fucking, some fucking bitch. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm the reincarnation of someone that's still alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How
2: do I do it? I was told I'm, I was, you know, I'm the reincarnation of Queen Elizabeth. Something like that. Like, yeah. uh, they can go, oh, wow. And they can walk away. And the integrity, the structural integrity of the cult is not impacted. Mm -hmm. If two people have a conversation, one of them goes, I was told I'm the next fucking Mahanta. And the other person goes, oh, yeah, because I was told I'm the next fucking Mahanta. Oh, shit. Well, now there's a gunfight in the ziggurat. Yeah. Shit's crumbling. Come on, Clemp, you're better than this.
1: Right. Joe Sykes is better than this too because after Clemp tells him that he's going to be the next leader, he starts to fear and distrust Clemp. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Because he starts recalling how Darwin Gross would also do the same thing and like repeatedly promise various different people that they would be the next leader. Yeah, yeah. And he realized, oh, this is a form of mind control. Like uh-huh. he has this moment where he's like, yeah. oh shit. So he realizes with this a bit of horror that the leader has direct access to his mind and has a quite a large degree of control over him. Good so
2: realization, but he
1: realizes this, but he can't stop it. Oh no. Which is the worst.
2: You can just leave, bud. Yeah, you can literally just walk. Oh,
1: <laughs> so now
2: you don't even have to live in Minnesota.
1: <laughs> he doesn't. He he lives in England.
2: What the fuck?
1: Yeah, he's in England. OK, so he was the editor of the newsletter in England, and he was also the seminar organizer and leader speaker, blah, 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 at different locations in the United States, including in Minnesota. So he's like traveling around, basically, yeah. back and yeah. forth. Um, So Klemp gives him instructions to live in Ealing, which is a district of London. OK. And he's. Pretty reluctant to do this. He doesn't really like the area, but Clemp keeps coming to him in these visions and giving him mind to mind instruction and saying, you know, obey, you have to obey me. You've just built
2: a Clemp Tulpa.
1: Yeah. No, that's exactly what they want you to do. They pretty much instruct you to do that. You want to see Clemp in your dreams. You want to imagine him there. Holy shit. Like, people actually have stories about, like, seeing him even before they join Eckencar. Uh, like, I saw him in my dreams. Which I'm going to have odd. to smoke
2: so much fucking weed tonight to make sure I do not dream.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah, Joe takes this apartment in London in this area that he doesn't want to live at because Clemp f- told him to, I guess. And Klemp also tells him that his mind is going to be destroyed as part of his training. (laughs) And this is all happening psychically, I guess. Um, So... Joe starts to experience these sharp stomach pains. Whenever he would try to eat, he would become afraid to eat. Whenever he tried to sleep, he would be afraid to sleep. And this big sound would happen right next to his head. So he wouldn't be able to fall asleep. And while he's not able to fall asleep, there's Clemp appearing to him in the form of Paul Twitchell, which is the weirdest part of the whole fucking thing. So he's seeing Clemp.
2: Oh shit. But dude. All right. Let's go we gotta go back to the airport. Okay?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. We're back at the airport. Clem- he's naked.
2: He's losing his fucking mind. His dick's out in his hand. He's waving around like a fucking helicopter. He's getting tackled. He's too sweaty. He's getting out of the tackle. He's getting tackled again. Then he's getting dragged off to the psychiatric hospital, right? Yeah. And then he has a battle with demons, right? Isn't that the story?
1: Yeah. Three.
2: But the story is he won, right? He didn't win. He didn't win. He lost. Clemp's he fucking, fucking lost. dead. Yeah. There's something in him that has the ability to take the appearance of other things. That's mm-hmm. why it's showing up as Twitchell.
1: Yeah. Okay. Dude, look right this here. It checks out. It says,
2: on occasions, the members had the experience common among members of the cult of seeing Mr. Klemp in his home or car as if Mr. Clemp was actually with him. They're saying, not in dreams. Yeah, in waking reality.
1: In waking reality, they I'm would
2: showing up like goddamn Saint Germain, like in the mirror. Because he's a fucking demon, just like fucking whatever Saint Germain is,
1: right? Oh, it's just one of the forms. Jesus Christ, he's one of yeah. Right. That's why he was able to achieve so much
2: after waving his dick around a fucking airport.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. That's
2: doesn't why his lips like and tongue ever, are so blue.
1: Doesn't seem like he ever really achieved anything much else up until this point. Like, this is his claim to fame, and his big thing that he's achieved is that he's the head of Ekincar, I fucking guess. Like, what else does he have? Boy, well, he gets
2: paid He's fucking secretary. He's got blue lips telling yep. cast stories. Sounds like a perfect demon's life to me.
1: It's true. He's got Joan.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, Clemp is showing up to Joe... And he tells him all about like his various past lives, which include Henry VIII, Shakespeare, Alexander the Great, Napoleon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Blah yeah, blah, yeah, blah blah yeah.
2: blah 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 blah. we can probably write the list without oh,
1: it. Yeah. Of course. Um Elizabeth the First is Joe's mother, is what Clump tells her. And this is what the demons do. They tell you that, you know, uh um, lies. Yeah. Lies and deceit. Oh,
2: From the oh, DM okay. This 10, is what 10,000 lakes.
1: Oh, shit. This is what Clemp, Demon Clemp in the form of Paul Twitchell yeah. is telling Joe is that these are all of his past lives. Joe, you were Shakespeare in a past life. Yeah. You were Napoleon because this is what the demon does. This is oh. what the Saint Germain, Bugs Bunny fucking master yeah, yeah, demon yeah, 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 does yeah. is it convinces these various people that... Oh, you're special. You have you're the reincarnation of all these famous people. You are the chosen one.
2: Holy shit. Like And goddamn Clemps, the living Eckmaster. Yeah. They abandoned the skin of the Ascension.
1: Right? Ah, So like snakes. So Sykes (laughs) is suspicious. Yes, Joe. He is suspicious of this. You can do this. Yeah. Uh, so so let's let's talk a little bit more about Joe's discovery of his past lives. So in relation to Napoleon, Klemp claimed that he had been Nelson who had defeated Napoleon. Admiral
2: Horatio Nelson? Is that who it is?
1: Yeah, it must be. I don't know. I don't know anything about Napoleon. So this is like Demon Klemp is telling Joe. You were Napoleon, and I'm the person that defeated you.
2: That's fucking crazy. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I'm You're Napoleon, but I'm the guy who beat Napoleon.
1: Yeah. That's
2: so fucked up. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Admiral Horatio Nelson in uh, the Battle of uh, Trafalgar.
1: There you oh, go. Al-Fagar. There you have it. Yeah. So that's Nelson is Clemp, I guess, and Napoleon is Joseph Sykes. Who the fuck knew? I didn't know. I had no idea. Wow. Also, apparently Joe was uh, the last leader of the lost city of Atlantis called Arup, who had... Oh, my God. Arup. Oh, the way this is written. (laughs) Mr. Sykes... Was then called a Roop, had engaged in an intercontinental war with Black Africa using lasers based on the moon. This had the unintended consequence of causing a meteorite to hit Atlantis, destroying it. Hey, this is
2: just some Richard Chamber shit.
1: Like, <laughs> so, so. Mr. Sykes, I'll have what you're having. No, actually, I won't. i was going to stay far away from it's it. Just cheap science fiction. Yeah. I think like Joe is legit going crazy, though, if if his website is any indication. No,
2: he fucking lost it. He got broken by a cult. What happens?
1: So Joe is just slowly losing it. He's trying to write into the FBI, like tell them all this shit that's happening to him. He says that this Ebenezer guy, right, this other member, you know, Clemp is visiting him in astral form and in the form of Paul Twitchell and shit. But Ebenezer, this other member, is showing up to him in person and being like, hey, you better not resign. You better not drop out or else you're going to fucking die. You're going to meet a quick death, is what he says. So Joe moves away and he lives in fear for his life. Jesus. But... Clemp is determined to break his will and induce him to return back to the cult. And this is not uncommon. I've read from other former Echis that when they leave, they experience terror for a long time. They're scared. Yeah. They're scared that like they're, you know, damned.
2: And like, it doesn't have to be that Clemp is meditating in his fucking solar and like projecting himself into their consciousness. No, he at already that did moment. all exactly. everything he needed to do. He already did it. He yeah. projected himself into their consciousness already. He's in there.
1: Yeah. Right? So he doesn't need to do lift a pretty little finger. A clumpy little finger. Yeah, so he continues to bombard Joe with mind-to-mind messages, blah blah blah.
2: <laughs> Fucking alien abduction.
1: <laughs> yeah, right?
2: Are these experiences all of them, simply the presence of an unwanted agent inside your consciousness. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. So after 14 years with Ekincar, Joe becomes a Christian because that's going to help him. Yeah, yeah. He gets an exorcism of demonic spirits and all the curses that have been placed on and inside of him. He so fucked I up the landing. He did. He, he fucked, fucked up, up the, landing. the landing. God
2: damn it, Joe.
1: He did. He just really like made it. A little bit worse. You were so close. And then you
2: just, you blew it, bud.
1: Yeah. So he's kept more or less a journal of all the stuff that uh, Clemp has done to him. Where have we heard this before? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. So. (laughs) January, February, March, April. (laughs) On April 27th of 2020 at 7.17 a.m., Harold Klemp- 2020?
2: Yeah. That, okay, <laughs> okay. It's
1: like ongoing, it's an ongoing endeavor, I guess. Shit. Yeah. Harold Klemp woke up Joe, got him out of bed, extreme bladder pressure multiple times during the night as per his sadistic routine. Bro. His voice came through crystal clear. You can do it in your pants if you want. <laughs> you have a lot in there. Oh, no. And then he projected an image of a man sitting in his pants, wet with urine. Oh, no. Next day, seven ten a.m. Clemp cut my planned seven hours to four. I slept exhausted. I was woken three times until the fourth time when Clemp put a black creature on my back. Its claws were gripping my shoulder blades. I tried to sleep hopelessly. After two wasted hours, he hit my bladder again. And in the bathroom, I tried to get the creature off. I couldn't.
2: Oh, no, Joe. Yeah. Oh, no.
1: So he keeps, he describes these like creatures that sort of grip around his body and clutch at him and dig into him. Some of them are like an octopus. Some of them. It sounds really creepy to me.
2: Yeah, no, that's super. That's super creepy, and not necessarily traditional sleep paralysis either.
1: Yeah, and it's like he says every time he keeps getting woken up in the night multiple times, and often when he does, he'll hear Klemp just like laughing nearby. This is fucking
2: like, terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: You're never going to get any good sleep. now while I'm here. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: I'm just amazed by how s- similar this is to like some of the abduction stories we've heard and shit.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Like it really, really is. And while I've experienced sleep paralysis, for sure, I've never experienced anything like that.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. Clemp woke me up after two hours sleep. I went to the bathroom. I staggered back sleepily to the bed, but it was covered with creatures. Oh my god! I could not get on it and sleep. I pushed the creatures away, but another followed me into the bed, wrapping snake lengths of slimy air around me. It was an extremely unpleasant sensation, so I gave up on sleeping and went to watch television until Klemp left. <sighs>
2: Now I'm getting some Lovecraftian aromas. Also,
1: like, Klempp will just stand in the bedroom watching him.
2: Doesn't this man have a church to run?
1: Yeah, right? Like, (laughs) aren't you fucking busy?
2: That's so creepy.
1: Yeah. And not to mention, like, all the diarrhea, too. How how much? I mean, it's mentioned multiple times. Okay. It's kind of an obsessive Haitian voodoo system. What? Has destroying your intestines? Do they have
2: dietary restrictions?
1: No, not no.
2: Are they not vegetarian?
1: Oddly enough, no.
2: Real okay, okay. So I was gonna say like um, B vitamin deficiencies can cause real serious psychosis and shit.
1: That's true, indistinguishable
2: from uh, other mental disorders, including schizophrenia. Mm. And be, like a combination of cult ass bullshit, clump stupid cat stories. And to be vitamin deficiency if he'd been like vegetarian and not knowing about vitamins for a long time.
1: yeah, I just I feel uh, so sad thinking about this man like trying to watch Columbo like distracting his <laughs> mind from the terror that is his life and like
2: that is just fucking clamp in the corner sending yeah. night squids after him. Yeah, no, that sucks. you know I would like something better for this dude, even if he's an asshole.
1: Yeah, I mean, not Joe, saying he is.
2: I don't know if he is or not.
1: I don't know, Joe, but I imagine, like, he's just suffering yeah. <laughs> at yeah, this yeah, yeah.
0: point.
1: Uh, oh, he goes to the gym. That's good. I'm glad to know. That, that is like, good. I'm glad that he's painting a, a larger picture of his life than just being tortured in his bed and in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> just peeing and pooping
2: himself. So what you're saying is he gets his work done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way he writes about this. Today, I came home from the gym. As I climbed the stairs, I recognized someone who had placed living images of a cult member on each floor. As I went in my door, two of these living images or projections came around my front and back, a bit like demons in a horror movie, meant to terrify me. I saw the image of Klemp. He had created these images of men to frighten and intimidate me. Well, thank you, Mr. Klemp, for terrifying me out of my wits. Do you think these living images of cult members that he saw on each floor were just people that lived in his apartment building? And he is so terrified that he's misattributing normal events to orchestrated events by Klemp to torture him?
2: I don't know. I have no way of saying it.
1: I wouldn't know either. But either way, I do not envy, like... What's going on here? So he's recording all of this. Like, day by day, he's writing these entries. And it just it makes me... I don't know.
2: It's a bit of a late onset for schizophrenia, I imagine.
1: Right. And you think, wow, okay, this is fucked up. And what's more fucked up is that we have a witness statement here. Written by... An acquaintance of Joe, who's not an Ekincar member. Okay. Who has some shit to share about kind of backing up Joe on this weird stuff that's happening to him. Okay. So this guy, John Kirby, he's known Joe for 22 years, met him in London.
2: Joe Sykes and John Kirby? Yep. Great names.
1: Yeah. So they met in two thousand. And Joe kind of shared with him what was happening with Ekencar.
2: But this was submitted to the United States District Court, District of Minnesota.
1: I don't know if it actually was. I have no idea. I'm gonna imagine
2: it is because it says so.
1: It's yeah. It's it's like
2: really funny to imagine
1: that this is a legitimate, an unsuspecting Minnesotan
2: uh, judge. Oh my god! Having to hear from some men in England about Clump and his space octocats
1: so joe tells john that he was a member of the cult he refers to it as a cult before he began his law studies now he was in it until about 1993 and joe tells john about joe klemp (laughs) joe klemp <laughs> everybody's name is joe now
2: and everybody's name is klemp everyone is <laughs> everyone klemp. is joe klemp
1: oh shit <laughs> everyone is harold Clemp. he lurks within us all i mean, I mean ma- my hunter. yeah yeah
2: he does you gotta know him and keep him at bay
1: right so imagine your buddy telling you i was in this cult And the leader is using thought control and telepathy on me to inflict suffering. And specifically, the stuff that Joe sees, we got images of demonic creatures and sensations of being covered with filth or just, you know, other terrifying thoughts, images and sensations. Yeah. He can't sleep. He's highly distressed. And also, he's getting repeated commands to return to Ekinkar. Yeah. That's part of what he's experiencing.
2: This section here is really interesting. First, he says that, that it sounds like a typical 1960s type cult, he says. Um, then he goes on to say the plaintiff's accounts, however, were disturbing. He said the leaders used telepathic or mind control techniques not admitted to, advertised, or published in their books, study discourses, or seminar talks, which is interesting. It is because like it
1: sounds like schizophrenic mumbo jumbo, but, but could very well be
2: the truth. It could very well be the truth, and that doesn't mean, for all you fucking fun police out there, yeah, that doesn't mean that you know, Klemp's fucking sitting in full lotus position and these uh, octarine waves are coming out of his fucking head and going in, it like it means they're doing worse shit than they say they are. That's all that means.
1: It means that the brainwashing gets more intense the deeper in you go, which right. isn't a shocking statement. No, I fully believe that. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: Again, it, these guys are great at the mechanics. Mm-hmm. not the They're pretty dog shit at the mythology of founding a cult, but they're great at the mechanics of it. And yeah. those mechanics would necessarily include obfuscation of what you're actually doing. On the surface, they seem squeaky clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Smart, smart. So John... Oh, the says, lessons you
2: learned with your dick out in an airport?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> so John says that, obviously, my friend is terrified, distressed, and exhausted. Yeah. He keeps coming to my house in a distressed state and sometimes a dark, foul temper.
0: <laughs>
2: and that's why I'm here for a restraining order. Yeah. <laughs> it,
1: it, took many hours of giving him tea and hot meals, putting on old movies I thought he would like to calm him down. What a nice friend. Yeah. He's like, wow, I don't know what's going on with my friend. He keeps seeing this fucking, this clump guy. I don't know what's going on. But you can stay with me. I'll give you tea.
2: Boys all clumped up. Gotta give him some tea.
1: (laughs) So, he admits, I'm skeptical. I'm very skeptical of what my friend's telling me. Especially when He tells him that Clemp is appearing to him in the form of Paul Twitchell. He's like, what?
2: Hey, what the fuck are you talking about? You got a dude in your dream. He's really another dude. He's in your dream. And it's, they're both dudes. They're Mahantas. Do you mean Mahatma? No, no, you don't. Yeah. Okay, but would you like some more tea?
1: (laughs) So John decides he's going to get to the bottom of this for his friend. He's going to try to talk to this person that keeps appearing. To He's
2: going right to Clemp?
1: He's going to try to talk to, to Twitchell or or Clamp or whoever Twitchell's it dead. is that's showing up. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to talk to the physical person. Oh, sh-
2: fuck off, but John. But he's
1: going to try to generate the quasi-physical astral thought projection oh. that is plaguing Joe Sykes.
2: Joe Sykes needs new friends.
1: Yeah, so John, you're gonna talk to this, like, demon being? What are you gonna... You're gonna summon this thing? Okay. Well, you know what?
2: He goes to the local occult bookstore. He starts buying scandals, everything. He's yeah. got his... Makes a ring with the seal of Solomon on it out of fucking bubble yum. <laughs> He's
1: like, Joe, you just feel out. I'm gonna take care of this. Do it for you, Joe. So what he does is He's gonna invite him to his home. He realizes this might not work.
2: He's summoning a demon.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Just so we're clear.
1: So that night, after Joe Sykes goes, John invites Twitchell into his apartment, specifically Twitchell, because that's who Joe keeps seeing is right. Lemp in the form of Twitch. I just, come on. <sighs> <laughs> so he invites Twitchell into his apartment. He says this out loud. Doesn't see anything, but then oh, wait, there's this semi transparent form in the room as looks man shaped mm-hmm. and it goes and it sits in his green armchair. I have one of those. He looks over at this man, he's in his 50s, short, stocky, blue eyes. It's Gopal Das. <laughs> <laughs> Gopal Das is tall,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, he's tall, strong.
1: Mm-hmm. So this man in the green armchair, he has this deeply negative and hostile atmosphere around him. And the clean atmosphere of the room suddenly becomes dirty, dark and corrupted, as if the whole room is like covered in filth. And this this armchair that was once clean and lovely looking now looks dirty and disgusting. The whole atmosphere of the room is just gross. Yeah,
0: I don't like that.
1: And I'm this, not.
2: I'm not okay with that.
1: Yeah, this guy in the chair just sits there for like half a day. Yeah, he sits there all. just fucking night. There. Yeah, he's just,
2: he's just there all night.
1: Mm-hmm. And when he leaves, uh, John is glad that he's gone. Yeah. Gradually.
2: Oh, he the- said by midday the following day. Yeah. Wow, he's there for fucking eggs in a basket in the morning. God damn.
1: Right. So that's John's statement backing up um, what Joe Sykes says.
2: John is not an second car member. Nope. Your first second car is. I thought it sounded like some of the nineteen sixties type cults. Obviously, he might be a member of some other religion, which involves you know belief in the non physical, whatever. But doesn't seem like he was really that prepared for that.
1: Yeah. Oh God. Some of the stuff. One of the pages on his website is also just copied and pasted emails that he sends and i can't imagine being the recipient of these emails like wow. in fact it says <laughs> oh my god here's the email that joe sends please pray to stop the cult leader hitting me in my bedroom with power he's mad and just won't stop he's crawling onto the bed behind me and talking maniacally at me best wishes joe <laughs> And then the person responds... Holy shit. Yep, okay. Like, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's some crazy shit. Yep, okay. Oh, he talks about peeing his pants a lot. No, he's fucked in the head, man. Yeah, like... like so this... Know. That's one person yeah. who has been affected by this. And if you go to complaintsboard.com on Car, So Joe Sykes has a lot of complaints...
2: And I'm reading another story where Clem's in full fucking demon mode.
1: They're kind of, they're really scary to think about.
2: No, they're super scary. This is some horror shit, dude. I made a snack in the kitchen. Clemp watched, standing close behind me, radiating anger. I sat down. He stood in front of me and hit me repeatedly. Then he said, I'm going to destroy everything. He proceeded to hit the kitchen with crazed violence. I fended him off. I was struck by how extremely violent he was.
1: Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. I went to the bedroom. Church had prayed for it. I was spiritually clean. Suddenly, I felt Clump behind me. His mood was vicious as hell, really disturbed. I got into the bed. It seemed clean and covered with light. Well, and then there's five arms on his back. The Long arm. Whoa. A creature with five arms. A burning cloak is on his back. Yeah, It's crazy shit, dude. Now, this is Klemp as full demonic villain. I love it. I didn't expect. I was not expecting this. No. Yeah. I love it.
1: No. Okay. Going to the ripoff reports on Car, of which there are 22 on this website that I've never been on and didn't even know about. Hell yeah. Called ripoffreport.com. That does not come up when you Google ripoff report Car. I don't... What's that about... It's, Murky it's odd to me when I look up a, like an exact statement that should bring me to a web page and it just doesn't come up on Google, but will come up on other search platforms. Just odd. It is. So, let's see. One of these reports, this is the most recent one, mm-hmm. says, I need to get this out so others are informed. People need to see the real inside insidious nature of Ekincar. They've ruined my reputation and made me out to be someone with bad character because I did what they asked me to do regarding someone they considered an Econcar detractor. So, you know, that sounds like it sounds like they asked this guy mm-hmm. to dig up some dirt on someone else or do some shit to someone else. Yeah, do else.
2: some shady shit.
1: And then he got found out that he did that. And or they even were like, if he didn't. Yeah. And they were like. Oh, we don't know why he did that, or something like that.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, no, they just fucking toss him to the wolves.
1: Mm. Ekkincar yeah. is a fraudulent, made-up religion existing to make money off members, to enslave them, and so that they continue to harm others cleverly.
2: You ain't smarter than me, clump.
1: Yeah. To get to my fifth initiation, I was approached by, and then he names a few members, Mm -hmm. who asked me to dig up dirt on another local member here. Mm. That member, working with the police and FBI to uncover hidden assets of Ekincar, the law also chased down undisclosed caches on attractive Ekincar followers and their private information so they can be singled out and attacked ferociously.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: Also, so that their tax records, employment records, and banking details, and any other dirt that can be gathered up to ruin them, Ekonkar Legal Counsel has been told to go to town.
0: Mm. (laughs) Mm Hmm. Mm-hmm
1: in whatever ways gets the job done
2: ah yes yeah. so the the uh the mode of their their modus operandi is hit fast and hit completely
1: yeah so basically paying <sighs> members get harmed then made penniless a whole campaign made and masterminded to ruin these people on every conceivable level. At first, I laughed and thought they were joking. I laughed, but they didn't. Apparently, they had threatened the same man in Car center, then went to his home to point out where he lived to internet hackers paid to break into his email servers and accounts to chase down his personal information oh, shit! because I work for computer departments and have over 20 years experience. They asked me to ferret out the man's private information and pass it along to them, or I wouldn't get my fifth initiation. These are powerful people protected by law here because they're well off financially and have connections to the local government. Some are handicapped, which they use to their advantage. What? Wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. What, what? That's what, what the fuck is that? What the fuck are you talking about, bud?
1: What does that mean? What the fuck
2: does that mean? <laughs> I'm over here, worried about my brake lines and shit, and then you come out with that sentence and I can't take anything you ever said <laughs> seriously? Are you fucking kidding
1: me? Oh, they use it to their advantage because you're never going to expect the woman in the wheelchair to cut <gasps> your brake lines. Oh, fuck. It could be anyone. And honestly, with Ecking, it could be anyone. They're... Yeah, they look Assuming. like utterly
2: middle American fucks. They
1: are unassuming as fuck. Wow. Yeah. So I admit, listen,
2: listen, audience, friends,
1: protect us,
2: friends. <laughs> there's a, there's a couple hundred of you that are gonna hear this before before they have time. All right.
1: Yeah. So just
2: know her. we're doing okay, right? We we drive safe. She doesn't even drive. Yeah. <laughs> I drive like a grandfather. I'm healthy. I just went to the doctor. I'm like. Pretty fucking healthy. We're good. And so if anything happens, Clemp. Mm-hmm. Y- you understand. It's Clemp. For the next couple <laughs> weeks until we piss off someone else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs> happens, it's the Clemp demon. Yep. So they want him to dig up information on this other member. Yeah. Right? And also he's only getting his fifth initiation due to this. They're basically dangling it like a carrot over his head. Like, you've been in here 20 years. You want to go to the next level? We have a use for you now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He obviously didn't comply because he wrote this. Unless this is all made up. I don't If You know, it's all alleged. The entire episode, everything, it's all allegedly. We we know this.
2: We have no hard evidence for anything
1: here. Yeah, no, certainly not. But these reports are interesting. Yeah,
2: it's crazy. Cause like that's okay. That's the thing, man. Like when I first saw the shit my kind of impression was that, oh, this is the innocuous one. This is the one that's kind of goofy on the surface, but is like innocuous, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not just some offshoot not doing any real damage. But there's also that sneaking suspicion. That the other reason something might appear to be squeaky clean is because they're brutally efficient yeah. at cracking down mm-hmm. on bad press. I
1: just put a link on top of the at the top of the document. Okay. Open it up. It's the next report that I think we need to look at. Yeah. Do you want to read it?
2: Yeah. So this report, uh, the author talks about how nobody in previous reports has revealed the methodology. Um, behind how one is chosen to receive the higher initiations. Right. So to get the, the big secrets beyond the four lower initiations says that the four lower initiations don't count for squat. Wow. Uh, the real first and only valuable initiation first given out is called the fifth initiation.
1: So, yeah.
2: Before the fifth initiation, it's a preselected mantra. There's a preselected mantra given out from the imitators manual, and that's transcendental meditation. That's right from transcendental meditation. That's given out when you get the second initiation.
1: Yeah, that's the mantra is not so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically what's interesting about the fifth initiation, and they say that this is the first and only like valuable. You don't even get it until 10 to 25 years. In fact, most people just die before they can get it.
0: Dude,
2: what is this? The computer system in the Temple at Ekonkar headquarters pushes out those eligible for initiations. Uh, so they they have the ones who receive the higher initiations quicker are money contribute. OK, so in some cases, they speed up initiations. Usually it has to be like 10 to 25 or more years to get it. Um,
1: but it mostly got to do with money.
2: It's mostly got to do with money. The yeah. people who receive quicker initiations uh, give more money. They have stable jobs. Uh, so they can fucking keep they the lights on. They want wealthy
1: people in the inner circle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they do. Of
2: course they do. Everyone's always done it. It's a whole reason Crowley founded the OTO in Pasadena in uh, in the 30s. Like he yeah. literally just needed money. And then so this guy goes on to say, the computer system in the Temple at Car headquarters pushes out those eligible for initiations, which quor- occurs quarterly. So every quarter, those eligible for initiations are sent out, are sent as readout screens. <laughs> to the regional ex-spiritual aides and initiators in regions and specific areas emails on their computers. So they get emails. Yeah. But uh, this dude's saying it's that also, it's calculated by comp- it's computers. It's funny,
1: if a former initiate dies, it's almost like, a oh, gotta get someone to fill the slot.
2: And it, it seems like it's, it's based on how much money they contribute yeah. averagely, and they have a specific budget that they're trying to hit to keep. It says specifically to uh keep keep an area running efficiently yes very interesting pay
1: for the temple of ek
2: again mechanics god damn they've got it down
1: got a tight ship over there.
2: yeah i mean i gotta say it's fucking impressive
1: yeah so basically this person goes on to say if you join Ekencar, you're going to be working for them for free you don't need to contribute a lot of your monthly paycheck to them yeah
2: oh and they run it like an mlm too multi-level marketing thing. Like, the high initiates must be well-polished salespersons motivated right, to keep-
1: because you sell yeah. the books to-
2: Yeah. Fear thereby plays a great role in keeping any possible detractors in line. Yeah, 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 yeah. The decades of the 1960s and 70s, Reckon Car had relaxed and happy higher initiates because there was not the pressure there flagrantly in place now to keep one's higher initiations. Right. That is why behind-the-scenes higher initiates now have mean tongues and wicked Machiavelli- okay, Well,
1: sorry. it's struggling to keep its head above water, the whole- yeah, organization. I imagine. Is I mean, like, Catman's getting older. Yeah, yeah, he and is. he's the last Eckmaster. He has said that he is the you know he's told other people you're going to be the last, but you of know, of course,
2: we know that many people in inner circles don't actually believe. Yeah, they're just there waiting for that empty chair.
1: I like how one of the ripoff reports is from a person that's upset that they were never informed that Paul Twitchell was in a mental institution.
2: Were they ever informed that uh, Clemp had his dick out in an airport?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he said, no, he said, all these years I've studied Eck and none of my ah, arahats or the living master told us that Paul Twitchell was in a mental institution. In fact, I did not even know until today that our current Eck and leader was in a mental ward for public exposure at an... <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're gonna learn today. <laughs> He's, he learned, so that's his complaint. He was like, "Damn, wow, I wish I knew." That's embarrassing.
2: <laughs> wow. So, where is where is Ekincar today?
1: <laughs> Wisconsin, no Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> All right.
2: Beautiful so country, I gotta say.
1: Eckencar today. Since Eckankar wasn't rooted in any particular religion, of course it borrowed from a bunch. Called the Kentucky and, Grab Bag. Yeah. <laughs> and it bases itself outwardly on the idea that truth can be found in all religions. Like it, it's true though. Yeah, it's true.
2: Out bases it's, itself outwardly.
1: Yeah. So this makes Eckankar pretty much free to drift in any direction. Yeah. And without a leader who's committed to the original tradition set forth by Twitchell, it was really only a matter of time before ekankar sort of drifted away from its Indian cultural and religious roots and more towards Christianity. Yeah. Just like it's been hanging out in America too long. Yeah. You know, and it was from the start. So Clemp has stated the last Ekmaster is him. Sugmad is retired. Yeah.
2: God is dead. Yeah,
1: (laughs) he's dying. He's decaying on stage and talking about cats. And there's a real lack of purpose afflicting this organization. Yeah. There's not really any new blood, new ideas.
2: I'd never heard of it before.
1: Yeah. But again, I'm really not sure like what they're trying to do. Like, what is your goal other than just to make money for the inner circle? Yeah. It's it, yeah it's it's to keep a couple a, a few people's families like paid paid yeah yeah and you know
2: or klemp is literally a demon
1: yeah yeah that too cuz you know everybody has to dream at night oh my god he's like freddy Clempy kruger <laughs> he's
2: fucking Clempy kruger oh
1: my god i can see it in my mind right now Yeah,
2: don't let him in.
1: No. So if you're unsatisfied with Ekankar, you could always try Vardankar. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) You could follow the word of the Margotma. No, what? Free Alan Feldman. Fuck you. No,
2: no, no, no. Yeah. No.
1: Yep, yep, yep. yep. Or. You could follow Jerry Mulvin.
2: No!
1: From Ekenkar and founded the Divine Science of Light and Sound. No. For a hundred bucks a year.
2: Go home. you the
1: divine connection.
2: Go home, Mulvin. Or. No.
1: Or, Sri Michael Turner. (laughs) who's the 974th living master of the midnight sun. See, and I could go on, and I could go on, and I could go on. Right. But I won't. Because you see, Paul Twitchell... He was fond of repeating a phrase about the importance of the guru. He said, spirituality is not taught, but caught. And this is kind of a cryptic phrase, right? It's yeah. Like, I get it, but it's actually not complete. The full phrase, and this was actually said by Kripal Singh, one of the, okay. the man whose tradition that he...
2: Just, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The full phrase is, spirituality is not taught, but caught. You catch it like a disease from the guru. Oh fuck. And I think that just sums up everything. I think it does. It really does. So that's our Echikard journey. Oh, the Knight King of Cups. The King of Cups.
2: Yes. This tarot card we pulled in the The beginning of the first episode.
1: Is really like that's the mask. That's the living.
2: Yeah, and I'm also going to say, like, uh, the King of Cups rules the first two-thirds of the zodiac sign Pisces. Mm -hmm. Pisces is associated with institutions, often prisons, universities, churches, and psychiatric institutions.
1: There's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of
2: that going on. A lot. Um, You know, also, cups is the suit of dreams, of creativity, of hallucinations.
1: Like, these marriages breaking up and getting together and this, like, these weird love relationships going on, too, I will say. Yeah. Sort of this, like, this airy a detachment from physicality. It's very interesting, that idea that the physical world is the lowest of all of the realms. And yet these, I don't know.
2: I mean, I, like, I'm not entirely opposed to that idea. I just don't think that the lowest means evil. I don't think that it's...
1: and, But in this cosmology, it does.
2: Right, yeah, and I, I right? disagree with that pretty intensely.
1: Yeah, so there's this... At the core of the Eckist doctrine is this idea that the real world is somewhere else, like the real yeah. good place, the true place where you will thrive that...
2: The pleroma in, in Gnosticism. Yeah. Yeah. You know... It's not here, so give fucking Catman all your goddamn money.
1: Right, and there's no guarantee that you're gonna get there either. But unless, unless you give me money, yeah, we can take you there. If you don't come with us, there's no guarantee you're gonna get there. And that's a great business plan,
2: isn't it? Just yeah, it really, really is.
1: And it'll just slide our way into your dreams too. Mm.
2: Now they just start social media companies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well,
1: Man. thank God Car isn't good at advertising or marketing.
2: They're good at getting they're good at getting exactly what they want.
1: Yeah, they'll get who they need. That's for yeah.
2: sure. And that I think that's why I'm... That's all they need. ...pretty terrified of them because they don't seem to be overly ambitious.
1: I'm going to make you shit your pants tonight. (laughs) 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 Go ahead. Pee your pants, you little baby boy. Fucking
2: ruthless, though, apparently. You can just
1: go in your pants if
2: you need to. (laughs) Oh, Christ. All right. I think that just about does it.
1: All right. Keep an eye out for Clumpy Kruger.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, seriously, don't let him in. No. Um... Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope start of twenty twenty two is being good good to you. Indeed. Uh got some very fucking cool episodes coming up that I'm very excited oh, yeah. about. Yeah, you
1: guys are gonna love it.
2: Yeah. Follow us on all the bullshit. Oh, uh Spotify has a rating system now. So no if you shit. like what we do, rate we us on uh Ride Apple Podcasts, Spotify. rate us on Spotify.
1: All the things helps a lot.
2: And uh we love you. We love you. Don't so join later. any cults. Good night. Goodbye. It's night for us. <laughs>
0: Later. <laughs>